You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. I've known this brother for, man, maybe like five years five plus years at least and um, we actually connected yeah we connected at uh, now a mutual friends uh, photography exhibit and you know it's like we were just both trying to figure out our way in the city and trying to figure our way in life and and yeah man I think you were always very intentional um, you know and that's something I recognized very early man is that you were very um, committed to growing moving beyond like any current or present circumstances and then also create opportunities for people to find their own way so uh yeah man without any further ado please introduce yourself man man <laughs> i'm glad we recorded that yo this is sam hicks i'm from Montsville, mississippi i live in uh, new york it's my last week this is my last week in new york though wow, man. um i'm a filmmaker started off doing photography Thank you for being on the open canvas, bro. I Thank appreciate it. Me. Yeah, man. It's like you you sort of have seen, you know, the process of the open canvas from like before the beginning, you know, yeah. before it was even manifested. I think as the years have sort of progressed, man, I really appreciate you as a friend um, and as someone who, you know, has been very consistent, you know, very consistent in regards to supporting uh, what I do, supporting my ideas, also like helping me out, you know, in different ways and like sort of providing opportunities. And I remember conversations we've had, you know, over the years, um, saying like, yeah, we're going to do this and that, we're going to travel, do this, go here and there, make a film. And, and now like to see that a lot of those things have come to pass and more great things are coming, man. So, so yeah, once again, thank you for being on the podcast, bro. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. And, um, yeah, so so where are you from, bro? Oh, yeah, I'm from Mississippi, man. It's a small town, and um, uh, I'm from a small town called Moss Point, Mississippi. It's on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. Uh, population literally like 25,000, 30,000. Um, it's next to Biloxi and Mobile, so those are two big neighboring cities that's close to Moss Point. So I grew up there, went to college at the University of Southern Mississippi, majored in marine biology, and then um, moved to Texas. And that's when I started to spread my wings when I moved to Texas. At this time, man, like while you're in Texas, were you still like in marine biology or were you involved in like any other things? Yeah, I was, I was, uh, well, I had a startup when I was in college and I was, um, I moved out there to Texas with that startup, startup, and I was working as a marine biologist. Really, I, I really moved out to Texas, kind of thugged out, because <laughs> for, for real, I really escaped Mississippi. Mm -hmm. uh, I just felt like if I stayed in Mississippi, man, I, I, I just, I just, this just wasn't gonna be good for me, and I wanted more for my life, so I just left it and moved to Texas. I, my sister stayed out there at the time, and. I just knew it was, uh, it was more opportunity out there for me than Mississippi had given me. Mm. And I had graduated college. And um, yeah, when I moved to te Texas, I was, uh, it was Dallas, Texas, by the way. Mm. I was, you know, just trying to, I didn't even have a job, to be honest with you, when I moved out there, I ain't had no money or no job. I had like $50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Man, I, st I was so broke, man, I started selling my stuff on eBay. I started selling everything I own on eBay just to get money to get gas. Mm. And um, eventually, <laughs> I got this job at Sears Roebuck because I was working at Sears yeah. while I was uh, in school. Mm -hmm. And I had that job for like three weeks. Then I got a job at an aquarium selling aquariums. And then um, 
still wasn't really making no money, but I was I was making enough money to go get my own apartment. Mm. But eventually, I got a job at the Dallas World Aquarium, and that's that's where I was able to flex my marine biology degree. Mm. And that was cool, but I really wasn't making no money, and I wasn't as passionate as I thought I was. Mm. You know, I would see my coworkers, man, going crazy over them animals, man, and I was just being like, this ain't fulfilling my purpose. Mm. And it ain't making me no money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if, if both of them in the equation, things ain't gonna work out. <laughs> so um, at the time, oh yeah, I wanted to start a, I wanted to start a street art blog. And um, I knew at the time, I knew photography was a part of like blogs, mm. good photography. So I hit this photographer up and asked her how much she would charge me to take pictures of street art so I can have content for my blog. She told me $175. Mm. And I was like, well, I got to pay you $175 every time I want to do a blog post. I ain't going to have no blog. So <laughs> I had a new a mutual friend. I knew a friend from the aquarium, and um, I knew he was a hobbyist in photography. So I asked him to show me how to get a camera and shoot. So I went and bought a camera, and then I started shooting street art. And then through shooting that street art, it led me to this, this dope gallery named Lab Art. And that's the first time I really seen the opportunity that photography could present. You know, like, I mean, they took me with them, with that, that gallery, took me to some unique places. I remember I was in Miami at Art Basel. Like, I was shooting street art, and Art Basel is the, like, Capital, yeah, you know, it's the main event for street art. And what year was this? This is probably uh 2014, and like they was just providing me with anything I needed, and my homeboy was my best friend was with me, and they was just showing us so much love. And this one I knew when the camera, it was the camera, it wasn't me. <laughs> I mean, they liked me, but it wasn't me. But I had showed up to a dinner, and we, we was going to like the VIP clubs in Miami. And it was like, where your camera at? And that's when I knew, I was like, oh, <laughs> this camera is the lick, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this camera is the lick. So, you know, um, I kept rocking out with them and they, they gave me a lot of opportunities, you know? Mm. And I'm, I'm an explorer of culture and I love to see new opportunities. And I just fell in love with, the, with, with photography and telling stories and creating content. Yeah, man. Yeah, and it just seems like that process of sort of one step leading to the next thing was just you sort of being aware of what was in front of you and aware of the tools that you had. You know, I think that's, you can't overlook that. You know, I think, you know, sometimes it's like we try to look outside of ourselves to find like the next thing or the next goal or the next thing we want to accomplish. But sometimes you just got to look at the tools you have in your hands and, you know, what you can sort of accomplish with what you have. So for you, man, was finding a camera like something that you know, you think was more intentional or something that just sort of happened by chance for you? Well, I think finding a camera was intentional because I wanted to have pictures for my blog, but finding the love for the camera was not intentional. Yeah, explain that, because that, that's real. So that's real, so explain that. I didn't know the opportunity. I didn't know the extreme opportunities that were gonna present. Like, I just thought I was gonna be doing this to provide content for my blog, but really, it wasn't about the blog, it was about the, the people I met with the camera. I mean, I met amazing people doing photography. Like, 
I mean, so many amazing people, so many amazing celebrities. I mean, just last week I was uh, I filmed the interview in Vegas for CES with the CEO of Delta Airlines. Mm. I mean, one of the biggest that Delta Airlines right now in 2019, the most successful airline in America. You know what I'm saying? Like so. I mean, that's just the name of, uh, you know, I've photographed almost every hip hop artist, some dead. I've photographed Mac Miller twice. Uh, you know, photographed a lot of 50 Cent, Nas, DJ Khaled, so many hip hop artists, you know, and I'm that's one reason I moved to hip hop. I mean, I moved to New York City really to photograph the culture because I seen this documentary called Time is Illmatic. It changed my life when I seen that documentary, man, like one nine and Eric Parker. <laughs> They spent 10 years to make that movie and um, they did a good job because I was sitting in Dallas, Texas. And when I seen that movie, it changed my life. Yeah, I said I got yeah. to move to New York. <laughs> what about that film, like, connected with you? Well, I think Illmatic is like the best album of all time. Like, <laughs> if you just say just one album, I think Illmatic, the best hip hop album of mm, all time. Mm. And so, for the love of the music, one is the w one way I'm connected. But I've seen other VH1 documentaries on Nas, and you can tell that Time Is Illmatic was made from filmmakers of the culture that had love for the culture. Yeah, that yeah. movie had love in it. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was the way that they showed the grittiness of the '80s and when Nas was coming of age. It was the interviews that they had, the real intimate interviews. Uh, their father really speaking um, candidly about, you know, his relationship with his wife, um, Nas mother, um, his 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 relationship with his son, uh, his lack of money and the way he what he had to do to get money. And you know, he was a jazz musician, artist, mm. a trumpeter, and not only. Importantly, he was from Mississippi. Yeah, he's from Vicksburg, Mississippi. So that tied it all home for me. Mm, mm. And uh, it was just a beautiful story, you know. It's just like I always just call it like this. It's a beautiful ghetto, poetic story. That's mm. what it is. Mm. So when I seen that movie, I said I got. I, I need to go photograph. I got to go be a part of this. You know what I'm saying? What yeah. what they showcase. I said I got to go be a part of. It. And then like five months later, after me watching that move, I was in New York, straight wow. up. Wow, man. Thank you for sharing that, bro. Thank you, for real. Like, I think that just also goes to show someone with cameras created that art piece that resonated with you, you know? And like, now it comes full circle, you're, you're also using a camera to do the same thing for others. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I think a camera or, or any form of that, that creativity is a portal, you know, for you to be able to sort of see your own potential. You know, so like I think that was an experience that, you know, is still paying off. You know, sometimes good art just plants a seed, you know, just plants a seed that just develops over time. So like the fact that you were able to connect through that film, you know, just, you know, shows like look at everything you've done since that, you know, since then. And, you know, just to know that that's something that meant something to you, to you is like, you know, it's dope, man. It's really yeah. dope, man, for sure. Yeah, man. So so moving to New York, when, when did you move to the city? I moved to New York March of 2015. Mm. Where, where exactly did you move to New York though? 54th and 8th Ave. Okay. Living in the city, man, like what was that like? Oh man, it was gangsta on the first day, so. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I learned how New York was rocking yeah. real fast. So <laughs> situation was, I, I had a successful, so I had transitioned to advertising. 
I was like really good. I was selling yellow pages and I was selling, it was all over the phone. I was selling yellow pages advertising and online marketing like uh, Google, SEO, stuff like that. Yeah. And um, at the time I did still have felony arrest on my record. Um, and I moved to New York with that. And the job that I had was negotiating with, they was, um, we was negotiating for like three, three months. And um, they hired me, gave me a salary, and um, the first day, I, I spent $10,000 to move to New York. I paid three months in rent on 54th Street and 8th Ave, and I had to pay like 5000 to get rid of my car because I had just bought a new car. And um, I spent like nine, nine, 10000 and then on the first day of me going to that job, they fired me, straight up. They didn't care. Like I told them, I just quit my whole life to come to this job, you know what I'm saying, to move to New York and like, y'all gonna do me like this? They were like, yup, you know what I'm saying? So I really was I really was jaded with the corporate life at that point, cause I had just so much confidence in myself because I had, I was a part of some called a winner circle at my previous job was they sent a top 2% sales reps in the entire company to Cabo for a week and I was on that trip. So I was just like, man, I just had so much confidence. I said, I'm gonna do it myself. So I went and printed out business cards at Staples the same day. And I started cold calling wedding planners to, you know, um, try to assist on wedding photography shoots because I knew they paid money. And I needed to pay my rent the next month. So, um, and one other good thing is that I did, I had a, I had a, came up here twice looking at spots and kind of visiting companies. And I had met this guy via social media, my boy named Sean Phases. And um, one of the prior visits that I had before moving here, you know, I told him I'm trying to move to New York. I want to create content like he creating because he did a lot of branded content for like Nike and just really amazing content of the culture. Like he filmed the backyard, mu- uh, like live music at A-Life, like mm-hmm. Drake been there, he filmed, oh, yeah. um, Raekwon. And I seen these videos and man, I told him I'm moving up here and I want to work with you. He was like, ah, right, yeah, if you move, yeah, holla at me. I don't even think he knew I was serious, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah months later I, yeah. Um, I moved and that's who I work with all mm-hmm. the time. I was with him every day, yeah. filming, you know what I'm saying? Well, assistant. Um, mm-hmm. And I still was on the grind, like just Learning. trying to shoot photography. Yeah. You know, at night, go try to find an artist showcase, hip hop showcase to shoot photography because I love hip hop. So that was the transition from New York. It wasn't smooth at all, Mm. but I made it happen. Yeah, man. Well, big respect to you for that, bro. Like, I feel like that experience is like, it's it's your own, you know, it's unique to you. You know, and I think, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, may not even realize a lot of the steps that it took for you to sort of even to get where you're at right now. And the fact that, you know, it's something you're not even like promoting is like, yeah, this happened to me. Look, like this was a hard part of my life. It's not, this is just your story. You know, it's like, you're not doing it to impress anyone. So the fact that you've been able to overcome these certain, you know, obstacles just speaks to like, you know, it's only preparing for you for something greater, you know? So I feel like you sort of, you know, and I'm not gonna get ahead of myself, but I feel like you've sort of like turned a lot of those experiences into opportunities for you to now create the change and create the impact that you know people were keeping from you you know you're now able to sort of like provide opportunities for people when 
those opportunities weren't provided for you. You know, you had to create them on your own, man. So it's like, it's powerful to hear this, man. Like, I, I don't take it lightly, bro. So so definitely, real, real respect to you for that, man. Yeah, I, I even think about, um, you know, when we first connected and, um, you know, I think you were just like also being very observant of other great photographers, you know, like legendary photographers. I remember you were mentioning uh, Johnny Nunes <laughs> and uh, like how you were, you know, definitely, you know, connecting with him and observing his work because, you know, he was definitely and he still is, you know, one of those photographers who's always present and always, you know, making sure he's in the moment and just to see his work ethic, even as successful as he's been, you know, just to sort Nunez, of... Nunez, Nunez, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm getting, I'm like telling it for you, but like, yeah, t- t- tell us about how you connected with with Johnny Nunez well when I was when I was um assisting Sean he was working with this artist named Chris Casanova at the time and I still haven't figured out my way at the time like personally I didn't know what I was gonna do in New York I just knew like I I had this marketing experience and it really wasn't even marketing it was sales experience and I did photography and I was just, I just was thinking I was gonna be like on a, some similar to Karen Civil, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she created yeah. content, she was marketing, she was hip hop. I wanted to be like in that space, mm. and um, but I, I didn't think I didn't have enough confidence to get to Karen Civil. She was just so big, you know what I'm saying? Just like big name, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Powerhouse yeah. in the hip hop space. So, but she had this, um, she had a person she worked with listed on her website. And that happened to be, I did my research, her name was Tiffany Harding, and I happened to do my research, and that was Chris Casanova manager, who I was filming with, with Sean, in Red Hook Projects every day. I mean, we was with him every day, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I reached out to her, I reached out to Chris, he put me in touch with his manager, and we connected, and she ended up having me shoot this, um, one of her events. And at her event, I met I met French Montana manager. And her name was Lola, and I was like, "Man, Lola, man, I want to shoot hip hop, man." I, I photographed Diddy, and he reposted it, and I want to shoot. And he told she told me about Johnny New Year's. I didn't know who Johnny New Year's was at the time. Okay. But when she told me about him, I went home and researched, and man, his story was so hard. Like, yeah. man, it just inspired me so much. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, man. Real it's powerful a, brother right there. Nah, what he had to overcome. Like, yeah. he was adopted and he was just talking about he was about to start, you know what I'm saying, doing some whatever it takes to get some money at the time. And he asked God, he was like, God, like, I ain't got no, but I ain't got no more options, man. man. I, I need you to show me a way. And God ended up showing him a way. And there was a camera. And I mean, the rest is history. Google yeah. Johnny New Year's. Yeah, that's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah, but I, I ran up on Johnny. I seen him after that. After I got inspired, I just randomly seen him on 127th Street. Mm. And I gave him a hug. I was so happy. <laughs> and then I had my camera on me because I always mm. was shooting. And I was like, yo, I shoot too. And he showed love, man. He said, uh, he said, give me your number, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit you up. He sent me on a job and I did well. He started sending me on a bunch of jobs and wow. you know, I, was, I he gave me a lot of opportunities to film, you know, some of the most legendary iconic hip hop artists of all time. So Johnny is my man. Yeah, big respect to him, man. I was able to witness some of that, you know, that experience for you and just even seeing how you were, you know, connecting with a lot of like, you know, special moments. You know, it's like even that time and what was happening in New York and the types of events that were happening and 
you know, the type of artists that you were seeing at these events, you know, those images and those photos, you know, are just going to become more and more valuable, you know, because those artists, you know, in that time will, will never exist in that same way again, you know. So the fact that you were able to, you know, be present in those moments, you know, is just going to mean even more, you know, in the future. Um, yeah, and also too, you know, and like Chimo do as well, you know, another brother who like I feel like, at least from my perspective, has you know also played a big role um, in sort of how you view what you do now. So, so how did you sort of get introduced to him? So I'm the biggest <laughs> Tupac Amari Shakur, the greatest, <laughs> straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! That, that's 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 the one right there. The greatest. <laughs> uh, so Chimo Du has the most. What would you say? Original images. I, I, he he just has a ton of amazing images of Tupac. Yeah. And the way I found out about him, he was making. He made a book um, called Uncategorized yeah. of Tupac, and it was all these amazing, some of the most iconic images you've seen of Tupac, like on Rolling Stone, and just really the most iconic images he took. You know, he took, and um, I seen his book coming out, and at the time. I was I was working for um, a TV network named Cheddar, and then we uh, I told the producers to get him on that network, <laughs> and he came on. And um, prior to that, I had went to an event that he was having, and I just showed a lot of admiration and for him. And I bought a book, he signed it. Well, actually, I bought two books. Um, he signed it, and man, I just told him how special you know that book that book was and how Tupac just, you know, his his lyrics and his songs, how they shaped me and mold me. Cause Tupac always talked about pain and the struggle. And I I'd experienced a lot of pain and struggle in my life. So I would use them them um songs to cope. You know, for real I would. Yeah. 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 So just looking at those images of a Chimo Du, man, it really inspired me. Wow. Wow man. It's amazing. I even remember not too far from where I live now there was a an event that he had, um, and you invited me to pull up to that. That was one of the events. And he said, "Yo, Taj, pull up to this. Yeah. Chimo Du's gonna be here. You should want to see this." And um, yeah, I remember even being able to, you know, hear him speak, you know, and even show more of the the like rare images that he had that he hasn't even released. Yeah, no, you know? Tupac ain't the only person. <laughs> yeah. He got images of everybody. I mean, even yeah. Biggie. Yeah. He got real kind of images of Biggie behind a twin tower. That's Chimo Du. Mm. Um, you know, in front of the Twin Tower, so I guess they was in Jersey, because yeah. he got the whole Twin Tower. Uh, real iconic images of Method Man, Wu Tang, mm -hmm. um, Tribe Called Quest, Easy E, um, hitting the switches on a low rider when he's standing outside. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, got yeah, the, yeah. the got the cars <laughs> almost tall as him. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. He got all those images. Wow. Chimo Du is a legend, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Big respect as well, man. You can't do nothing. Follow him on Instagram. <laughs> you can't. You ain't got enough money to buy his book, but you should support him. A black dope man. At least follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Because he dropping heat. Definitely, man. Definitely. So, yeah, man. I, I also, you know don't want to ignore you know just also just the um filmmaking you know for you as well i feel like you've sort of also evolved in, in other ways and saw like photography was one way for you to like you know capture moments and capture stories um but then you know filmmaking and video when did that become a part of you know your your process i say it was always a part of my 
process because of Sean Phases. Mm. He only did video. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? So I always just was around video and really, you know what I'm saying? Like Sean is one of my inspirations. You know what I'm saying? He's always been dope. So I'm, yeah. I mean, since I, I met him, he was dope. And, um, you know, so I always seen him creating dope content. And just me, you know, just being a you know a, a starter, self-starter myself, I started to, you know, create my own content, and then I developed the real. And then what a blessing was, I got a job at Cheddar. You know what I'm saying? I was one of the early employees, and that really progressed my career in a way that I couldn't even predict it because I got in a situation where the budgets got bigger. Um, we were starting to work with, you know, budgets was a certain thing with Sean, but the budgets got bigger with Cheddar because it's a, a corporation, and the, and the corporation grew very large. In three years, I think, what it was, three, three, three and a half years, it sold for $200 million. Uh, and I was there almost from the start. So through that job, I was, I was able to really see a lot about, you know, production and gain a lot of confidence, a lot of knowledge about shooting. And I, on the side, I was always writing my own scripts, trying to produce produce films. Um, because yet I wanted to evolve out of photography because I just felt like you could tell a more complete story when you had film and audio. And I like, I like collaborating with people too. Yeah. Uh, photography, you know, I, I guess if you got a lot of lights and stuff, like uh, you can have, you can't have a team, but film says are much more bigger. You know what I'm saying? You're working with like an entire cast. Um, and you know, I was always interested in the cinematography. Um, yeah, I was always interested in the cinematography. So that's what I wanted to get in. And yeah, my first debut film was Outgrown. Um, it was about these two kids going on this adventure, uh, the Sea Outcast in 1996. And, um, the exciting part of the story is they eventually get to this um, club, this concert. Basically, they decide to take a helicopter um, through downtown Manhattan. They decide to get a private limousine, and they decide to sneak on the MTA bus all to get to this concert. But they got to figure out when how they're gonna get in because they're not 18. So that's the story. It's about really about these little two kids just like going after what they want, want and what they believe in and just trying to succeed and don't let no obstacle stop them. That's the moral of the story. Yeah, man. And it's, it's also just great to, to see how you're, you're expanding on the film and providing like direct opportunities for people like who, are, who the film is intended for to see it. You know, and, you know, how has that process been even after creating the film, but then also now getting the film to the right people? Man, you're so crazy, man. I dropped a video yesterday about distribution because I said I said uh, distribution is one of the most important parts of the filmmaking process, but it's always, mostly always overlooked by filmmakers, especially independent filmmakers uh, starting out. But distribution is basically is where is your film going to live at? What type of platform is going to live at? Is it going to be on streaming? Is it going to be on VOD? Is it going to be on in the movie theaters? Um, and you know, are you gonna sell the rights to it? Or are you gonna self-distribute it? Um, so the way we started is film festivals. Uh, we've been in 10 so far. It's been a good experience um, connecting because the outgrown typically get uh, accepted into the kids division of the film festivals. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, and we've held our own screenings um, in Harlem with kids, really just to bring the, um, bring both of my actors, Amazing Howie, um, Sheer, and Blasina Eloe. Um, we bring both of the actors in, you know, in Harlem, at the Harlem um, School of the Arts, we had both of the actors. And basically what we did was just had a short, I had a short talk and just really trying to inspire the kids and show them like your peers are out here making movies. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You could do it too. Mm. And then I started to talk about some of the roles and the jobs uh, that's on a film set and showed the film twice. And it was a, it was a good experience, man. Then I had swag bag for the kids, yeah. uh, made swag bag. So it was dope. So for the audience, man, you know, I am focused on distribution right now. Um, having meetings with different TV networks and broadcast networks and just looking at self-distributing the movie because I am an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, but that, that's something that I'm really starting to intentionally learn more about because you know I'm trying to I'm trying to be successful in the film business yeah. you know what I'm saying this yeah. is not just a hobby for me um, you know and film distribution is the part that you make most of your money at when yeah. you actually distribute the film right. that's that's where you make your money right yeah man and I'm really happy that you're you're speaking on this too because someone like yourself who is a great filmmaker who is a great photographer I think it's also good for for others, you know, who are doing the same thing to hear, you know, you talk like this, you know, to be able to hear you speak about, you know, not only the the creative process but also the planning process of like how you wanted to sort of reach people. You know, that's important for people to hear. I think being able to sort of, you know, fully understand our value and and how we want that value to be perceived in the world is important. So once we learn that, you know, our creative capital is real and what we're creating needs to be respected, we can sort of then move accordingly when we talk about like doing business or, you know, just even sort of how we want, you know, our work to be understood in the world and in society, you know, and by ourselves, you know, and, and appreciated. Because I, I see the work that you do, man, and, you know, we've had conversations about like, you know, what would be the next step after you know the films are released and, and how it's going to reach people and different film festivals and things like that um, but it really all comes down to you know you know people respecting you know your work you know and, and your creative output and the blood sweat and tears that went into creating the project and the hours you know of you know shooting a scene over and over and over again to get the right shot and you know all of those things that are you know a part of your process you know that goes into that final product that goes into the final you know piece and you know you want that that work of yourself and for everyone involved to be respected you know so i think it's important for for us to you know have more conversations like this and for, for those who are creating good work to understand that it needs to be valued and it needs to be um seen as something that you know can live and, and breathe and stand on its own you know versus saying it has to be attached to this or that create our own value you know and, and live with that you know so thank you for sharing that man for real for real so so yeah man is is there anything else you're working on currently in terms of like even other films or, or things that you have on your mind yeah well my latest film is titled Varnell mm. it's about it's about a, an inspiring actor New York City who is uh decides to quit his job and go after his acting dreams but he got these friends is he gonna tell him to quit his job? 
go after your dreams or tell them, nah, bro, you tripping, man. You need to keep that job, man. You you already broke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, it's a it's a great story. Um, we already filmed it. Um, it's in post production. Um, actually, the trailer is out, so you can go check the trailer. It's out on Vimeo. It's dope. Um, and I got, right now, um, I got a Kickstarter for my production company. So my executive produced all my projects, self-funded from a W-2 income. Mm -hmm. Made a lot of sacrifices to do that, you know. Hired a lot of black people, you know. Hired a lot of people of color. Put a lot of people of color in my movies. Gave a lot of people of color, you know, opportunities. And um, I love doing it, you know. I love filmmaking. Um, but, but the next evolution of my career is to quit my job and move to L.A. to start a full-fledged production company where I, I highlight the stories of people of color and, you know, and I give people of color opportunities behind the camera as well. And the way, the reason I'm raising the Kickstarter is um, to purchase an Air Alexa Mini. That's going to be the starting point. I am a DP, but I'm also a producer and an executive producer. And I just feel like, you know, once I get this camera, it'll put me in a better position to be able to produce more films much faster, build crews much faster, and create unlimited amount of stories. Yeah. Um, because every time I've had to create a film, I had to go to none people of color, no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> and, and ring gear. You know, but you know, I'm a man of we should own. You know, why 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 can't we own? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I'm a, I, I believe in pulling our dollars together to create ownership to provide more opportunities. So that's what I'm doing. Um, yeah, actually, the Kickstarter is called Production in Color, and yeah, I think you sh uh, we got some great rewards, great rewards such as consultation from. My director of All Grown, she also has a film in Sundance this year. Mm. Um, consultation with myself, consultation with my producer. Uh, you can get a digital download copy of All Grown film. Um, yeah, so that's that's one thing. And look for Varnell to be coming out this year as well. Nice. What you just said right there is like the perfect way to close, man. I feel like um, Everything that needed to be said was said, bro. And I'm glad that, you know, it's like you've sort of have seen the process of the open canvas from the beginning. Um, and this is like our first time doing an episode, you know, right before you moved to L.A., you know. And I think that that's also like means something, bro. So like, yeah. thank you for, you know, being there for me and, and also like, you know, in, in any way that I can help, I will continue to help. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, man, it's, just, it's great to see you, you know, taking your next step, bro. It's like you got family here. And yeah, man, it's, the support system's out there, bro. So like, we're, we're all here pushing for you. And we, we see the value, bro. We see the value and we see the potential. And it's gonna come to fruition, bro. So thank you, bro, again. Appreciate it, my G. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is The Open Canvas. I'm Taj Alexander with my homie Sam Hicks. And we're out. Peace. To find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, Taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.